It's me, Roz. I am joined on the pod today by Jimmy Carrazzo, who is a friend of mine. He is the first, to my knowledge, guest on this show that is in their 80s. And I'll tell you a bit about him before we get into it. But before even that, a couple of things that I wanted to tell you. First of all, I was thinking the other day about a real paranormal story that happened to me a number of years ago, and I don't think I have ever shared this. And so there's no time like the present. I mean, there's a couple of reasons why I never shared it. First of all, it involves another person. They told me something... um, back when this happened that was a secret now I'm not going to say the person's name or anything so I don't know I thought about it and I'm like you know it's my story to tell it's mine as well you know I'll I'll tell my side how about that but I like to be respectful I'm always weird about people's stories that involve other people talking about them I mean if I if I didn't care about other people like that honey the stories I could tell you but okay, you'll see what I mean when I once I tell the story, if I ever get to it. All right, here I go. So this took place over 10 years ago. I was doing a theatrical production. And in the cast of this show was this guy. And he was my age and... And we hit it off right away. Incredible performer, very funny person. I don't know, we just we just got along great. And early on in our relationship, our friendship, I think because we were working at an old theater that was known to be haunted, I started having vibes like I th- like I feel like I'm having some just feeling like there's ghosts around here. Just it really like I I can definitely believe that this place is haunted. It just seems like it. You know, I would say things like that. And and I think that's what made him feel comfortable with me to tell me that he has an ability where he can touch things and he can see stuff based on touching it. It's kind of that so Raven style. I think I think that's what that show was. I don't know. I, I didn't watch it. I believe from my studies that it's an ability called psychom- psychometry. Psychometry. Why do, why do I feel like I can't say that word right? Psychometry? S- s- yeah, psychometry. Psychometry. When you can touch things and then you like can say things about you like so he so basically he was telling me he would go into like a trance on some 
objects that he would touch. It wasn't everything. Because I remember that was probably one of my questions. Because I remember thinking, like, that would be exhausting if everything you touched, you just kind of got the history of or whatever. He told me it was it was only when there were things that he needed to know. But I don't know. Maybe maybe there's more to it. We'll get we'll get there. So I, I just thought like, oh, that's cool. I had never met anybody with any ability like that. I just I thought it was interesting. And and he when he told me this, he did he didn't want anyone else to know about it. And so I was like, yeah, no problem. I won't tell anyone like no big deal. And that's what this is kind of why I was I'm like weird about sharing it. But like, whatever. God, get over it, Roz. Um, so so I was like, yeah, I won't tell anyone. Like, Don't worry. And he was also very religious. And, and I don't know if that had something to do with why he didn't want anyone to know. I don't know. So I kind of just filed it away. I thought about it. But like, whatever. I'll believe it when I see it. So I remember uh, during the the weeks that we were spending together, he would tell me, oh, like this set piece was used in this production and that production. You know, I, I touched it and I could see the productions. I could see like glimpses of it. And and I was just kind of like, yeah, OK, great. Sure. OK. I mean, you could also maybe uh, see that there's photos in the theater from when they did that production here, you know, whatever. But I'm like, great. OK, great. Or he would tell me, oh, this part of the theater used to be uh, this or that and just that kind of stuff. So anyway, this one night I was having a uh, a brief romance with somebody else that was in the production of uh, the show. And the two of us the night before hung out in the back seat of my car. And it we, we did we wasn't like we were getting freaky deaky. Don't get any ideas. We were just hanging out, you know. When you do these things and you're young, sometimes it's 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 fun to get involved in gossip. And you know, the two of us were just kind of sitting in the back seat gossiping, and um, whatever. Then that night ended. So then the next day, I pick up this person with the psychic abilities. I pick him up. And take him to rehearsal. And he sat in the back seat, which now that I'm thinking, about, I don't know. Maybe I had something in the front seat. I don't know. It's very Uber style. Like he was just like back there. And we're, and we're talking on our way to rehearsal. And he kind of, we kind of had a moment of silence, like, uh, you know, as it naturally happens when you're hanging out with someone. And then he all of a sudden starts doing dialogue from the night before, when I was in the back seat with this person talking shit, this person with psychic abilities starts being me, and then he's them, and then he's me, and then he's them, and he's saying exactly the things that we were saying the night before. And that freaked me out. It like took it to a whole another level. And that's pretty much the extent of what he showed me but that was really close to the end of the show run and I was kind of a little bit freaked out there was a part of me that felt like it was a little bit of an invasion of my privacy I really believed once I saw it firsthand 
and we had this nice friendship and we I pulled back and we stopped being friends and we didn't pursue a friendship after that show closed and and I feel bad because I I was emotionally immature I was young and he was young too and I and maybe I'm sure he's matured when it comes to his abilities and the way he presents it to people. And it, it makes me think now, like, oh, maybe he doesn't like to tell people about this because it freaks people out. Because it definitely freaked me out. And so I feel a little bit bad about that. But I don't know. It's just a story I was thinking about. It just randomly hit me the other day and I was like, wait, I've never, I don't think I've ever, I think I've alluded to this story, but I've never like really told it on the podcast. So there you have it, a paranormal story and definitely something that leads to my belief that there are people with real gifts of the paranormal variety. Have you heard the latest news about uh, in the cryptid world? Did you hear about this mummified mermaid that has a human face that was found? And people think it might be a real mermaid. There's a picture of it online and there's lots of articles of it. And um, she's looking rough. It is believed to be a 300-year-old mummified mermaid that was allegedly caught in the Pacific Ocean off the Japanese island of Shikoku. It's currently being studied at a university in Japan. They're doing all kinds of DNA testing and stuff. There is a folkloric belief that these mermaids that once existed, if you eat the mermaid flesh, then you will live forever. And there's a Japanese legend that a woman accidentally ate the flesh of a mermaid and she lived for 800 years. Absolutely not. Oh, to live for 800 years? Are you kidding? Do you know how hot it's going to be in 800 years? There was apparently a letter from 1903 that was also found with the mermaid saying that it was caught in a uh, fishing net by a bunch of fishermen. I mean, if you look at these pictures, this this is no Ariel from The Little Mermaid. I mean, I guess it's mummified, so I'll give it a break. But, it, I mean, it looks kind of pretty tiny, too. But it kind of makes me think of... There's a famous P.T. Barnum sideshow um, hoax for years that was... That, in the early circus days, when they would do sideshows, they would have on display these... Um, they're called Fiji mermaids and it was usually like half monkey half fish that would be sewn together and they would say that it was um, a mummy's or uh, uh, a mermaid so it's possible it might be one of those maybe I don't know we'll find out soon enough but I would love to believe that mermaids are real Mmm, anybody want to eat some 300-year-old mummified mermaid skin? You'll live forever. It's tempting, but no, I'm, I'm good. All right, let's get to today's show. I am joined today by a friend of mine named Jimmy Carrazzo. Now, he is in his 80s, and he is starring 
in his first ever movie. And it is about to come out. And I am so happy for him. He's a delight. You're going to fall in love with him. He's had the most interesting life ever. I mean, I wish I could talk to him about all of his amazing stories. But today we are sticking to the ghosts because that's what we do around here. Though he does tell me on my second tier Patreon a couple of stories that are off topic that are hilarious that you could find there. And we get into like reincarnation and possession. That's all on Patreon. Um, oh, also on there is a full episode this week of me talking about haunted theaters. Oh, that's probably why I was thinking of that story. Anyway, uh, Jimmy is, God, he's had the most fascinating life. He, one of the stories he tells that I put on Patreon this week is from the year 1946. He was in the original L.A. cast of the Broadway musical Hair in the 60s. He was a part of a comedy duo in the 70s that played at the comedy store with people like Robin Williams and the biggest names in the biz. And it was him and his partner. And he'll talk about that a bit today. Um He's just had an incredible career, and now he stars in the new film, Moon Manor, which is a movie that I have talked about for literally years at this point, and I happen to be in it just a little bit, and some other people that have been on this podcast. We shot the movie in 2018, so to say the least, I look um, a little bit different, but nonetheless, I'm proud to have been a part of it. I have seen the film, and I highly recommend it, and you're going to fall in love with him. Here he is. Jimmy Carrazzo, on with the show. I am so honored to welcome to the show today a dear friend of mine, Jimmy Carrazzo. How are you doing? I'm so good. I'm so happy that you're here. And you brought me a flower. This has been a dream of mine to do this podcast, even when before you were doing the ghosted when you were doing a podcast. Oh, I had a different podcast. Yeah, yeah. and I, I was so waiting to do it. I wanted to do it. So this is really great for me. Thank you well, for having me. Of course. Are you kidding me? I, You and I, we met a number of years ago now um, when you turned 80. That's right. And you're now 84. Right. And you starred in an entire movie. I mean, you're the star of this movie, and it's gotten great reviews, and now everyone can finally see it, and yeah. I can't wait. Me neither. Can you tell people what the movie is? About what it is? Yeah. I mean, sometimes when I tell people what it's about, right? it it almost sounds like it's sad if you don't, you know, if you don't know the vibe of the of the movie You're right like, and that's the whole that's the whole secret of its success i think the fact that it is a serious subject and yet it, it's treated with such humor and even to the furthest extreme of humor yeah. that some people might go oh my god but then they stick with it and it gets more and more touching as it goes on and has a very strong method message uh, the character of jimmy is an 80 year old or an 84 whatever how old he is but he has alzheimer's and he wants to end his own life with dignity 
But before he does it, he wants to have everybody come to his house and have a funeral because that way you can hear all the things people say about you after you die while you're still alive. Right. <laughs> and, and the crazy friends that he has right. is what makes it such an entertaining movie because the man has traveled many places over his lifetime, gathered many friends of various nationalities. It's a very diverse film. There's every nationality imaginable in the movie. Well, maybe not every. That would be 877, but... <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of colorful characters in all different ways. Oh, yeah. And throughout the movie, because I should also, for our listeners of this podcast, shout out that two of the stars of the movie have been on this show. My first ever guest is Deborah Wilson. Who, who? Deborah De Wilson. Debra and... and the other person that has been on is Lou, Lou Oh, Pucci. my God, the two most talented people... They must have been great on the show. They were, and they had some great stories, too. Yeah. And I want to hear oh, yours. Deborah. <laughs> yes, okay, let's do it. Okay, what kind of ghost stories do you got for us, Jimmy? I, I, I reached out to you and asked you what, what you had, and you gave me a whole list. So yeah. where should we start? The most recent thing is when I moved in. I've been living on uh, in North Hollywood for 29 years. And I moved recently to Koreatown. The first night I was in the new apartment, I put on my hearing aid, and, I, and, I, and as I, I, I'm starting to think my hearing aid picks up ghosts because I didn't hear anything. I put on my hearing aid, and within 10 minutes, I'm hearing Jim. Jim and Marcus is over at the table doing Marcus, origami. My my husband, yeah. yeah, and he's in the, he's there doing origami. He's a wonderful origami artist, and then he paints the origami as well. So he had origami two point It's great. But anyway, he's doing his origami, and I hear Jim, Jim, and I say, "What, Marcus? What?" He said, "Huh?" I said, "Did you just call me?" And he said, "No, I didn't say anything." So I, I just heard my name clear as a bell. I, this happened and still happens. I put my hearing aid on, and in the middle of a conversation, I'll hear Jim. I don't know what and you that hear is. Right in your ear. My right, right in my ear. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, it's like ghosts have a have a. I mean, a lot of people have a theory that ghosts uh, can connect through electronics and, you know, all uh, kinds of... Whatever their mode of, of uh, communication is, they can probably enter into anything. But I'd like to know what it really is, yeah. you know. And then on the first day, it only happened the first day, I kept getting poked. I said, well, what the hell is that? I felt myself in my gut, like right in my stomach, a finger poking me. And this happened the whole day. The next day, it didn't happen. It was gone. So it was some kind of a welcoming committee that was just letting <laughs> me know that they're there and Jim, you better behave Jim. yourself, you know. But, yeah. I, but I still hear the name Jim when I put on my hearing aid. I might hear it while we're here today. Wow. Hey, is that it? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, but do you have any theory about when you're not in the house? Because did it, did it start? It sounds like it started right when you moved into this place. Yes, exactly. The hearing aid thing happens anywhere, in the car, at Ralph's, when I'm shopping, whatever. You wow. Know. I hear it, but uh, and it's so clear. Jim, Jim. And I, now, now I hear it, and I don't react. 
because I'm fe- and then so sometimes I don't react and it's Marcus and he's saying Jim will you please answer me <laughs> like I didn't know if it was you or the ghost sorry <laughs> right exactly wow the haunting hearing aid but but my, these things aid. have happened throughout my life uh, back in uh, well, when my beloved Rick died, Rick is who is in the movie because you, you said the movie is really many things from my life with footage of my late partner and I, Granite and Carrazzo. And, yeah, uh, well, I mean, we should shout that out. The two of you guys had a comedy duo, which I actually, I've seen the Norm Crosby show that you guys oh, were yeah. on from... <laughs> Was it the 70s, I guess? Probably. Oh, yeah, right, uh, right. It's on Amazon right now. If people want to watch it. Is it? I didn't know that. Yeah, it's called Norm Crosby's The Comedy Shop. Yeah. And it's season two, episode 21. And the two of you guys are doing your act. Yeah. I did my research. Good. You guys are so good. Um, so the two of you were real life partners and comedy partners. Oh, and yeah, for 18 years. And then he passed away in 1986 of AIDS. Mm-hmm which destroyed my life for a long time because we, when he was sick, we spent all the money we had. It was a ter- Everybody who was there knows what it was like. Yeah. I went to 12 funerals in a year. Amazing, you know, and they were all close friends, most of them performers. Um, but I, Rick and I have always been involved for at least for five years before he passed away. We had uh, been working out of the Tibetan Book of the Dead mm. um, because of Ramdas. Oh, Ramdas really? is uh, is such a, a wonderful. Who for the your listeners who don't know, although mo- pro- anybody who listens to you probably knows who Ramdas was. But maybe he was a great he, he he was a great guru. He was a Jewish kid from Massachusetts. His father was a banker. He was a philosophy, uh, he was a psychology professor at Harvard University with Timothy Leary and Ralph Metzger. And the three of them did LSD experiences back in the, back in the day. And they, were to, they did a, a double-blind uh, experiment with LSD with, um, with uh, uh, divinity students. They were 10 divinity students on a placebo, 10 divinity students on acid, and they were on a, in an anteroom outside of a high Anglican service, listening to the service. All of the people on acid had religious experiences, what could be described as religious experiences. Two people had religious experiences with the placebo. So it was a very, and then the powers that be, the suit said, no more acid, it's a bad thing. They condemned it and they stopped using it. They're still trying to get it back into use. So with the Tibetan Book of the Dead, it's a, it's the idea, without going into a long dissertation, the idea is that after you pass from this uh, part of life and you go into the next part, there are three segments before you're reborn. Uh, they are called bardos. The Tibetan Book of the Dead guided our lives for probably 15 years of our, our, our life together. When he passed away, he had internalized the teaching. The idea of the book is that you learn the teaching in life, and then after you pass away, you find liberation through hearing 
the the entity comes back and the person who's in, in on land and still alive in this case me reads from the book for 49 days in the morning and night when he died i cleaned his room our room i scrubbed the walls i took all the furniture out i put a table and chair a bell book and candle the Tibetan Book of the Dead and a candle, lit the candle. Six o'clock in the morning, I would summon his spirit by ringing the bell and reading. I'd read that passage. Then at six o'clock at night, I would go to the next passage. Now you're entering the part of the bardo where you're going to have hallucinations. Remember not to be attracted or, or repelled by what you see. Just be down the middle and go through all of that without reacting. And I would give these instructions to him. This was done for 49 days. Now, at the last, in the last week, we went, the whole family went to uh, Santa, Bar Santa Barbara. So I took the bell book and candle and went to Santa Barbara to his brother's place who had a landscaping business and he had a greenhouse and I set it all up in the greenhouse and at six in the morning I'd go to the greenhouse and I would do it and it's, it's, and at six at night I'd go to the greenhouse and do it. The family allowed it. They didn't know quite what it was about but they said, okay, let's do it. And at one point, I was late, and I, and I was about 15 minutes late, and I'm walking into the greenhouse, and I hear the bell. And I, I look, and what had happened, it had popped off the table onto the floor, and I heard, ding, 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 like I was late, and it was telling me, get in here. <laughs> and then... On the last night before going back to L.A., I'm in the middle of doing it again, the reading, and a gentleman that I didn't know comes to the greenhouse and says, Are you Rick? What? And I said, What? He said, Are you Rick? I'm looking for Rick. Somebody said he, Rick was in here. And I said, No, he's not here. And I didn't follow up on it, but it was such a... It, Pushed I mean, me back in my chair. Who was that man? Do you think that man was? Didn't know who he was. He was a, a living person. I, he was probably. I, I was probably one of the. You know, he was a, a real person. He was. I think <laughs> he was probably one of the men who uh, worked uh, on, for 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 his brother in the landscaping business. I would think, but I, I didn't know who he was. I, I didn't go back and mention it because I, I didn't want to talk about things like that back then to the family because they were conservative, not conservative, they were very reformed Jewish people, and they were a wonderful. They're my family. After he passed away, uh, I was with that family for 19 years through him going to Passover feasts and so on. I'm an Italian-American. Um, but I, I studied, uh, I, I sing cantorial. I learned cantorial singing. So I would sing at the Passover. And after he passed away, which is now 35 years ago, I still go to Passover every year at that family. I've been with the Granite family longer than Rick was. Wow. Yeah. And they treat me like their son and like their brother. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you were telling me in an email that you were having moments of feeling his presence. Oh, God. Twice it happened. And a lot of people talk about this particular uh, phenomena. 
I was sleeping and I was, I guess, dreaming. And I woke up in the middle of the night. Now, normally I wake up because I got to pee. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this time I woke up and I, my whole body was tingling and glowing. And I didn't see anything but the room, and I, I wasn't high. I didn't, have, I didn't smoke or anything like that. The whole room was glowing. My whole body was glowing, and I just knew it was him. You know, wow. everything about it was Rick, and that happened twice in my life. Really? And, um, and then I, years ago, about 50 years ago, Professor Harold Brooks... He was a, a, an entertainer, but he was also a ghostbuster. And there was a, a talk about a house in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, that um, that had poltergeists. So we just, he took us, he took me to the, this was before I met Rick. Uh, he took me, I was with a show called Four for Tonight. Four, four tonight. One, two, three, four, four tonight. Comedy and war, four tonight. It was, was this a, a stage set, show? Or? Yeah, it was a four-person review. Okay. You know, yeah. We played all the clubs on the East Coast. And this is when, 60s? This was, yeah, in the 60s, yeah. Okay. And um, so anyway, he, he's, uh, he took us to the, to the house in Fort Lauderdale. Nothing was jumping off the walls, but while we were there, a wind blew the shed, the door off the shed in the backyard. And Harold said, well, I came here to debunk. That, that was his idea, or to find a ghost and do something about it. I don't know how he did what he did about it. But he said, I don't know if, I don't know if there was any ghost in the house. Nothing showed itself, but there was no wind all day there, and suddenly a wind came up to the, such an extent that it blew the door off the shed. All the way up. said, so I keep an open mind that this was probably the work of Poltergeist. There was also a teenage girl living in the house, and often it's said about poltergeists that kids going through puberty have such a disruption in their vibe that they lose these powers that are able to... What, what is it called when you move objects? I forget the word. Uh, like uh, telekinesis. Yeah, tele yeah, telekinesis. It was like, it was the, the, it was like Carrie without right. the big blood. Yeah. I mean, that's like a huge theory with, with poltergeists is that there's usually a... Typically, a uh, girl is what I yeah. usually hear, um, a teenage girl that uh, is kind of the root of the poltergeist. Yeah. And, and, I and it is, I think, is. it's like a hormonal change or something, and people think that it's essentially, yeah, telekinesis. And, and they're sensitive to the that. The people in the house don't realize that maybe it's her that's, that's making things happen. This is what people think, I right. mean, with... Years of studying this. Uh, the Granite family themselves. Uh, uh, there's a member. I won't mention any names, but there's a member of the Granite family, uh, a husband and wife and a child, and they have. They I understand uh, planning to move because the house they're in is so filled with noises and creaks and voices and so on. Really, and they believe that it's haunted for sure. And their 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 plan is to move to another house. I I, w I don't want to say any specific things right. of their stories because I don't want to blow their cover for for whatever reason, you know. Sure. 
Ooh, tell me more. Tell me more. Marcus. I wish Marcus, he was here. Marcus, yes, your husband. Yeah, Marcus was, uh, his name is Guillermo Lopez, and everybody calls him Marcus. Oh, his story is a movie in itself. We won't go there, but oh my God, what a life he's had. His life and how he came to this country. What happened is, after he lived with me for a while, we had a dear friend, uh, and it might have been the birthday party where we were raising money for, for Mike Kaysinger, who was had ALS. And he he since passed away. We were his caregivers, a wonderful human being, a landscaper. And he, when he was when we moved in to take care of him in his home in in Sunland, uh, and one day Marcus was up in his office in in Mike's office, and he saw a shadowy figure, and it, it moved throughout the room. He said, and then disappeared, and about. Ten days later, Mike was diagnosed with ALS, and he, wow. and yeah. So he has a story too. I don't know the whole details, but yeah, it's out there. I mean, if people pay attention, and then you don't want to misinterpret. You don't want to just say oh, that's a ghost, but you want to. Why not? It's fun. Well, yeah, but 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 you wanna you wanna look at it. I anyway I do. I like to look at it pragmatically. I'm convinced that these are not of this bardo. These are bardos also. There are bardos after you die and bardos while you're alive. And there's six altogether. Jimmy. Roz. Do you want to hear some ghost voices? Yes. And not not the one that keeps talking to you. Somebody called my name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's time for EVPs or EVPs. Do you know what an EVP is? No. It stands for electronic it's... voice phenomena. It's when ghost hunters believe that they've captured a ghost speaking. Um, usually it could be any kind of recording device. It could be someone is filming with a camera and some, they hear a voice or they're purposefully recording and they... Or they, putting in a hearing aid. Yeah, but I mean, the whole the whole thing is that it's being recorded and, and um, people put it on YouTube and then I spend hours on YouTube listening to these. And then when I find a good one, I bring it on in here and I'll play a couple for you. And I want you to tell me what you hear the ghost saying. And then I'm going to give you some options of what the person that captured this EVP believes it is actually saying. Okay. Okay? All right. So this first one, this is from somebody on YouTube named John Bullard. And it is at a place called the Mc, McRaven Home, which is in Vicksburg, Mississippi. And this is actually a place that offers ghost tours. It was first built in 1797, Ooh. and it's been built a few times since then, but it has this long history and all kinds of ghosts. And it seems to be the kind of place that really embraces the fact that it's haunted, and they okay. welcome people into to do a little bit of ghost tours and ghost hunting. So, okay. What is this ghost saying? Jimmy! That's a phone call. 
Did you hear it? There is like background noise, but it seems to be a female voice and she's saying kind of like a short sentence. So let's try it again. Could you hear it? No, I, I heard I heard the voice. I couldn't hear words, or, but I'm so I know. hard. Hearing. It's hard. Um, well, let's let's try again. This is the second time. That's what it sounds like to you. That's what it sounded like to me. This is the second time. Hey, it could be. Here's the thing. Nobody really knows, but that's a good guess. Let me give you some options. One of these is what they believe it says. A, that's a funny old clock. <laughs> that, that's a funny old clock. B, that's a flirty way to talk. C, mess around and find out. Or D, dance a, f a funky little dance. <laughs> I don't know. All right, let's play it again. It's one of those. That's a funny old clock. Did not sound like this is a funky ghost. <laughs> there is like a a f a f sound. Yeah. To me, honestly, it sounds like something incredibly vulgar that I will not repeat in front of <laughs> such a refined gentleman as yourself. They hear that a lot. I wonder why they like <laughs> to be obscene when they talk. Ghosts. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I would. Let's be honest. Why not? Let's have fun with it. They believe that this ghost is saying, that's a funny old clock. <laughs> like and it kind of sounds like that. It also kind of sounds like what I think it sounds like, which, use your imagination, it rhymes with that. All right, here we go. That's a funny old clock. That's a funny old clock. Yeah. You heard it? Yeah. It sounds like it. Okay, this next one, it's a little bit, it's shorter. It's a quick, like, little bloop. Um, this is from somebody on YouTube named J42Day. And it's at a cemetery in northern New Jersey. Now, with this one, there is, there, they shot this outside at a cemetery. And so there's what I believe to be birds chirping in the background. But there's a voice that speaks over the birds chirping. So let's try to hear that. That's a bird. Well, yeah, there is a bird, and then there's somebody going, dap, 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 dap. Yeah. Mark, Yeah, what are they saying? Stop that. Stop that. Hey, stop that's a good that. guess. That makes sense. Stop that. Like, stop recording me. It's like the paparazzi style. <laughs> like, let me be. Stop that. That's what I hear. Yeah. Okay, is it A... Picasso, B, disgusting, C, Mikasa, or D, stop that. Oh. I mean, well, we already know Picasso yours. and the first one and third one sound alike. Picasso and Mikasa? Yeah. Well, they believe that it says Mikasa, my house, in yeah. Spanish. Um, now that we know that, let's hear Mikasa. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Maybe, yeah. It's very vague, but... I, like, stop that. Okay, Jimmy. Let's do one more thing. I'm just going to list off a bunch of paranormal things, and I want you to tell me 
If you believe in them, if you have a story, if you have a theory, just anything that pops up, anything that comes up in mind, okay? This is going to be an interesting question for you. What about past lives? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it seems like you believe in that. Yeah, I definitely believe in that. I can't see, and future lives. I mean, I think the whole concept of reincarnation makes so much sense to me mm -hmm. that you keep, you never come back worse. You wouldn't come back as a flea on a pig's ass or anything like that, you mm -hmm. know. You'd come back as a, a better than you were before in some way. Not the same person, not the same personality, but all of the accumulated experiences of your life carry over. into. And when you're selecting a womb, the third bardo of the Tibetan Book of the Dead is where you seek a womb that is suitable for your new life. If you remain conscious, if not, it's done without your knowledge. You fall into a soul slumber, they call it, and you're reborn without knowledge or memory of your past life. That's most of us. And then there are some people who are sensitive and they remember that past. And each time they select a womb, they're waiting for a particular husband and wife or, or, or a couple who's having a baby in a certain city with a certain uh, propensity for, uh, say, in my case, I would want to come back because I have unfinished business as an artist. I lived my whole life. Finally, they made a movie about my life, mm -hmm. and then I die. And I want to work more now that they know who I am. Yeah. So I have that great desire to come back and continue in some way mm -hmm. until my soul is finally satisfied that it's not going to bring me eternal happiness. That you have to get to that point where you put down your personality, put down your identity and become like the point of a pencil hitting a paper. And that point where it meets is where your mind goes and finally you think of nothing and you become the sugar instead of tasting the sugar. Then you stay in that state for a while and you can select the womb, come back into a new life. I definitely believe in past lives, but mostly I, I look forward to future life because yeah. that's the fulfillment of all the past desires that didn't quite satisfy us. And every human being on the earth has to go through multiple lifetimes until they finally realize that they don't have any more curiosity. And then they jump off the wheel and they go to that spot of nirvana and they are part of God's energy. I like that. Yeah. That sounds good to me. When I think of things like that, it really takes away fear of dying. Exactly, yeah. And I, 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 I can't say I'm afraid to die. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I want to have something to say about it. Um, I have advanced directives now and so on, you know, so that I'm not had held there on life support systems, you know. In my own advanced directive, I said, you can put me on life support for no longer than three days. I won't know what's happening. I'm on morphine. Fine. I'll lay there. That gives three days for loved ones to come and say goodbye, then unhook me. Mm. And that's what Kaiser promised to do. Okay. So. And then on to the next one. Yeah, but I'm... I'm uh, I can't say I'm looking forward to it because I'm having so much fun, right. <laughs> you know, but I have faith that it's the way to go.
What do you think about haunted dolls? Haunted dolls. I haven't heard of that. Really? A doll being haunted? I, I remember that doll biting the girl's ankles in that movie. <laughs> I forget. Karen Black's ankles. Oh, my God. You're talking about Trilogy of Terror. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's also kind of like the idea of a cursed object. Chuck, I mean, Chucky. Uh, yes. I guess what I'm asking is, do you think that an inanimate object could have a spirit in it? It could certainly have a, a vibration that could be interpreted as that, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, but uh, I believe anything can be, can, can be embodied with a spirit. If the spirit. If the spirit behind it has that energy to spare, you know, if they're so... First of all, if they're a ghost and they haven't jumped off the wheel, they're kind of stuck here. Mm. I believe, and they—that's they, uh, why they're so active all the time. They—they're looking for a way to the next level, you know. So maybe they, because of that, they get this excited and kind of twisted object. Maybe they'll go into a animal or or a doll. Now that's another thing. Animals who this beautiful movie, *A Dog's Journey*. Oh, yeah, I never oh, saw it. Oh, my. There's several of them, different versions. It's so beautiful because it shows the dog, the same spirit of the dog going from body to body and winding up back with his original owners mm. after four lifetimes. You know, it's, it's all quite beautiful to me. It makes my heart warm. What about, do you know about astral projection? Yeah. Do you believe in that, or I do. Uh, we, I, when I was in, I was in the original Los Angeles Company of Hair at the Aquarius Theater. It's all covered up with buildings; you can't even see it. But um, in that show, we, we were we were always singing about astral projection. Oh yes, okay. So, have you ever had an experience astral projecting on acid? You know what? I I think that drugs, psychedelics. I think that they're is something to those experiences that... Oh, yeah. Like, it's a key. It's a chemical key that opens the mind, that infa- the filter that we have. If, if everything came into us normally, we would be crazy. We wouldn't know how to put a light switch on. There'd be so much a cacophony of sounds and mm-hmm. all kinds of uh, images running, rushing through your mind. So, so what would happen is it's natural... That if you if the chemical key will open your brain, now all this information is coming in. I always advise people, don't take acid and go out into the world to a party with a bunch of people that you got to deal with. You don't want that. Mm-hmm. You want to go into your mind, into your, into your inner life. If you do that, you can project outward. And you can, I, I, I remember once on acid, I, th- I was sure I was floating on a cloud. And it just felt like it. There was mist around me. I could. I was looking down, and I saw people under me. And this was all because of the chemical that opened my brain, and all these images came in. It allowed me the freedom to travel in that world. I mean, I have a theory that... Now, I think it could be different for different substances, but... 
You know how like when people are drunk, they say you act like a like you kind of act like a toddler. Like you might pee yourself, you might fall, you might you know just certain things like a toddler, for example. I was playing with my toes. Yes. Sure. Marcus came in and said, "What are you doing?" But I'm saying like it's it's kind of that same thing where they say that kids can see spirits and and stuff like that. They say that. And I think a lot of animals too. I think yes, and I think a lot of times it's because you're not you're taking a break from worrying about the human things that we're always worrying about as adults. You know, how do I look? Should I do this? I have this to do. I have that. You know, so many things on your brain, and you're cutting that off. And so, is that putting you back in tune with the fact that there are spirits around you? There are. There's more out in the universe than what you typically see. I don't know. I think it's possible with certain substances. Yeah. I've never done it without the assistance of uh, the mind-opening drug, but I haven't done that in so long. I did mushrooms about six months ago, and that was nice. Yeah? But I want to be like Aldous Huxley. I want to take acid on my deathbed. Yeah? (laughs) I mean, I think I would, too. I'm sober, but I'm like, you know what? If I was on my deathbed, I'd say, let's do it. Give me everything. Absolutely. Um, Jimmy, that's it. Wonderful. I had such a good time. Me too. So one more time, let's tell everybody where to see the movie. Yes. March 11th, it becomes available everywhere. Yes. It's going to be Apple TV and iTunes, Amazon, Xfinity On Demand, uh, Google Play and Cable, uh, Spectrum, Cox Cable, Voodoo. Nobody has any any reason to believe they can't see this movie, and they really need to see it because it'll enlighten you, it'll delighten you, and it'll. What else can I say that would be that kind of? Da, 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 da. Um, it will. Uh, I, I'm frightening you if you don't Fright, see it. I frighten you. <laughs> it, oh, it, it might frighten you if when you see me on screen, it might frighten you. Oh, um, alliterations, I love it. I know. It was. Such a fun time making that movie with you. Thank you so much to Jimmy. What a gift. I love him so much. If you want to hear a little bit more from Jimmy, check out patreon.com slash Ross on my second tier. He's got some stories, baby. And you can find me talking about haunted theaters on there while you're at it on my new full-length podcast. And if you want to see more Jimmy, go see Moon Manor. All those places he told you. Please subscribe to the show. Rate it five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you have a ghost story, you can leave it in a five-star review or email me at ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. Oh, my God. I should also tell you we have a favorite guest returning next week, John E.L. Tenney. Oh, if you haven't heard the last time he was on, he was on early last year, and he is a brilliant thinker when it comes to the paranormal and so much more, and uh, we'll we'll be getting into it next week. You can find me for some not-so-spooky content on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. You know where to find me. Yeah, I'm around. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye. Starbanks Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.